So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com. Mumsy doesn't like the cocoa melon, so you get no more cocoa melon. We're very sorry. Is that a unique one that you've come up with on your own, honey? No, your fucking mother-in-law hates cocoa melon, so we're not allowed to do cocoa melon anymore. Oh. She's the silent partner of this show. <laughs> Does she know that? AKA the financier. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? It's episode 28 of the world-famous So I Married an Alcoholic podcast. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. And I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic. We're just going to get right into it this evening because we have much to do. Do we? We do. Okay, let's do it. So that being said, I want to make sure we thank the listeners. We have officially made it into the top 10% of podcasts. Worldwide. Worldwide. It's so amazing. What an accomplishment. It's really cool. It, it really is. And again, we've said it before. Obviously, we are striking a chord. Is that appropriate? Yeah, Mimi was so cute. She's like, what do you think that, what do you think that, what does that say about our world? And I was like, there's a lot of shitty podcasts out there. Ding, ding, ding. And she's like, no, that there's a lot of people that can relate to you. So I thought that was nice. That's the nicest thing, second nicest thing Mimi's ever said to you. What was the first? Your first husband was a better choice. She never has said that. Says it all the time. Oh my God. I picked Frankie up this weekend. <laughs> we deposited her for an evening. <laughs> we, we sure did. Pick Frankie up today. And she's like, oh, it's the other son-in-law. That <laughs> is not, well, actually she may have said that, but probably because she thought she was being funny. It wasn't funny. It hurt. Hurt immensely. Did it? Yeah. It's good. You should get your feelings hurt every once in a while. Nah. It keeps you honest. No can do. True sociopath. You can't hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I don't know if I should laugh at that because it's funny or true. Well, I think it's funny because it is true. It's not funny. How about that? If it's true. Okay, let's move on from this. I don't like where it's going. All right, cool. Thank you, listeners. <laughs> we really appreciate it. Again, your support means the world to us. It truly does. Keep listening, spreading the word, and leave us an iTunes review. Did you know you could do that? I was not aware. You have to scroll down, so sometimes that's confusing. Scroll down, give the five stars, and write a little something. Yes, please leave us a review. Uh, any of our stuff on Facebook or Instagram, feel free to share. Send it to all your friends, anybody you know in advertising, all of the above. Thank you very much to the sponsors. Marlane Graphics, our studio sponsor. Marlane Graphics for all of your printing needs, marlanegraphics.com. And realtorandababy.com, realtorandababy.com for all of your real estate needs. We have a very special guest in the studio with us this evening, darling. The queen is here. The queen has arrived. She has. You have to curtsy upon entrance. You never turn your back to the queen. Oh, no, but I'm sitting with my back to the queen. I'm trying to think she of needs the, new placement. the various other protocols when you, of how you're supposed to act when you're in front of the queen. You're going to need one of those hats that guards wear. 
You should order that right now. So we saw the queen on the Facebook marketplace. Mm-hmm. And it is a life-size colored cardboard cutout. Yep. Said it was perfect for tea parties. And, you know, Megan sends a screenshot of it to me thinking like, oh, you know, funny. haha. I'm like, go pick it up right now. <laughs> so we got the queen. So the queen is joining us in the studio from now until eternity. Isn't it kind of funny how you go to people's house? Think about life when we were a kid. You know, like, don't get in the car with strangers. Don't go to people's houses you don't know. Now everyone jumps in Ubers all the time and shows up on the Facebook marketplace. Literally, porch pickup. Just pick it up from my front porch. Leave money under the mat. Again, I think this speaks to how differently you and I grew up. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I was very used to engaging in many a shady drug deal where you, like, <laughs> you know, throw the money through the, the little peephole in the door. And if, you know, you're lucky, you get drugs. If you're very unlucky, you get, like, a random glory hole penis that pops out. You never know what you're going to get. Interesting. It's just different lives that we've lived, honey. I guess. I'm just picking up queens from people's uh, front porches. You sure are. Speaking of queens. Yes. So I Married an Alcoholic is coming out with some very inappropriate merchandise. I know, we're so excited. We have mass-produced the I Love Auntie Gay P-shirts. We sure have. They are going to be available for the holidays. It's a great stocking stuffer. It's going to be tight, though. If you look on our Facebook page, a couple weeks ago we had Britt James in the studio. Britt James from the Philly Unknown Project. Yes. And yours truly was wearing one of the I Love Auntie Gay P-shirts. It's a different color, though. A nicer quality. It's called a heathered gray. Lovely. Very luxe. So if you want to order one of those, send us an email to soimarriedanalcoholic at gmail. Uh, T-shirts are technically going to be picked up on the 17th of December. Ooh. So again, if you want to pre-order them after the 17th, we will start shipping. If you wait until after the 17th, you can get them on either our Instagram or the So I Married an Alcoholic website. It's www.soimarriedanalcoholic.com. Yes. And when we see the official t-shirt, we'll put a photo up so you know what you're getting. No, I like a surprise. You think? Just order the shirt, people. All right. Frankie's got college to pay for. True story. So we need you all to order the shirts. (laughs) And most importantly, when you get the shirt, make sure you send us a picture. If you're using social media, just use the hashtag, so I married an alcoholic. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Swag is coming. Oh, I can't wait. I know. This is going to be the first of many levels of inappropriate, so I married an alcoholic merchandise. I know. I don't even know where we can go next. It's so exciting. I'm thinking like edible undies. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Just because you're not into, just because you're fucking vanilla as they come doesn't mean (laughs) everybody else is. So we started off with, we have much to talk about this evening. We're going to tell you two very specific stories. Both of them are dancing around the theme of own your shit. I don't think it's dancing. I think we're going to be pretty honest about it and upfront. Well, no, I mean, it's very direct. Yeah. We don't dance much. In your face. The theme is own your shit. Yes, which is obviously a big part of the Alcoholics Anonymous program, Uh, Narcotics Anonymous, Cocaine Anonymous, uh, Sex Addicts Anonymous, whatever self-help program that you are currently prescribing to. 
you know, a big part of the healing process or the getting better process or changing your life process is being responsible for and owning your shit, admitting you your mistakes, admitting you screwed up at some point in time or probably many times over and over and over again. Right. Or even still daily sometimes because you're human. And I think that that's a big part of the growth of any individual is to, you know, sort of accept the fact that you've done these things, but to try to not repeat history. Definitely. Or to continue those patterns of behavior that ended you up in blank place. And I think it's human nature for, you know, anyone to want to blame someone else. Yeah, of course. Or something else. Um, I think it's amplified with addicts and alcoholics, but I, I think everyone at the core, when something happens, you want it to be someone else's fault. No one wants it to be their fault. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always easier to pass the buck because heaven forbid you have to, you know, stop for a second and be like, oh, shit, I screwed up or like my bad or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah, but excuses don't make you well. No, they do not excuses just frankly perpetuate the issue absolutely in the news i'm sure you've heard over the past couple of weeks alec baldwin is in the hot seat because he shot someone did he well depends on who you listen to exactly (laughs) it's actually not funny at all but i mean i think again it, it has absolutely nothing to do with the aa program But I almost think in a a certain way that it is important to highlight the fact that I think increasingly in today's society, nobody is owning their shit. I agree. Like everybody just continues to pass the buck, pass the buck, pass the buck, right? Definitely. And there's no real consequences. And that's, you know, I guess also a part of the problem, if you will. Agreed. So I am not an investigator. I am not an attorney or a prosecutor or anything like that. So just on a very high level discussion, Alec Baldwin was on the set of new movie mm-hmm. and he was using a, a prop gun. He shot someone. Now, I don't know if it was ABC or NBC or one of the, the big media outlets the other night interviewed him. And he says straight to the interviewer, I did not shoot them. It was not my fault. I did not pull the trigger. I'm like, huh? How did it happen then? At the end of the day, a projectile went through someone. Yes. So I don't really give a shit if you pulled the trigger or not. Like, did he drop it and it went off? No, apparently somebody else was cleaning the weapon and then gave it back to him, and it was like a revolver-style weapon, so basic gun parts like handle, barrel, chamber, trigger, hammer. So the hammer is like the thing that you cock back, Mm -hmm. and once you pull the trigger, the hammer drops down on the firing pin, the firing pin hits the primer, the primer explodes, all the good stuff turns into gases, and that's what projects the bullet or the projectile. That was a very descriptive description. Very scientific, right? Very. According to Alec Baldwin, he did not pull the trigger. He only cocked the hammer. So again, at the end of the day, somebody still got hurt or died in this case. And you, Alec Baldwin, were holding the gun. So this poor girl is dead. It was obviously at the hands of Alec Baldwin. 
But again, he's going to hire some high-profile lawyer, and obviously they did this national news interview to get out in front of the story because I think people are now starting to realize the power of the media. Yes. You know, TV, broadcast journalism, social media, etc., etc., to shift the blame away from him. So again, no ownership. Yeah. Right? You know what other um, thing that's been in the news recently, very recently, that I was thinking about when we were talking about the no ownership and no accountability Mm. is the shooting that just happened in that school. Well, it's not the same thing, but, you know, again, it just goes to no ownership. Absolutely. I mean, those parents, the teacher brought it to the school's attention. They called the parents in the day of. The parents said they weren't going home, so they couldn't take him with them. Mm-hmm. And they thought the best place for him was to stay in school. They sent the kid back to class. Yeah, so that's a, a failure on obviously so many levels. Because so many. I mean, that teacher brought it to their attention, and yet they let him return to class. I'm sorry, if they said, if the parents said, I can't take him home, the school said, that's fine. I'm sure the police can. Yeah, exactly. 302 them or whatever it's called, you know, in that particular state or jurisdiction or whatever and i'm sure a ton of blame will be thrown around um but there's a lot of people that need to take ownership of that situation that was a failure on so many levels absolutely the teacher the school administration the parents the individual like i'm sorry but i don't care you know how mentally is is disturbed the right word because i don't want to like ill yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want to downplay it, but also at the same time, like, I don't want to... No, he was obviously not a well person. Yeah, I, I think that's just a, a good general blanket description for, you know, that situation. Not a well person, and again, I, I'm not saying that he is not responsible because he is not well. I think, again, just so many failures of the various layers of the system that are put in place to, frankly, protect... Yeah. All of those people. And I'm not talking about, you know, specifically protecting kids from gun violence or school shootings or anything. It could have been a number of things. Yeah. This this particular day, unfortunately, it just happened to be gun violence, you know? Yeah. And I think now this is a great lead in into our real life occurrence that sparked this conversation. Talking about being mentally unwell and the obligations I guess that go along with that or um, the responsibility or you know I guess we were talking about it from the sense of people basically passing the buck making excuses exactly would you like to tell the next part of our story no honey you tell stories so enthusiastically and concisely and detailedly that I would like you to tell the story So we live in a townhouse, and behind us is a neighborhood. Our house in particular, we live in a big complex, but our house doesn't back up to other townhomes. Um, So there's like some wooded area, and directly behind us is a house with a large yard and a big fence. So a single-family dwelling is what they call it in the business. Yes. You know, we had moved in in the spring of 2020, and the fence started to grow. (laughs) A couple months later, maybe even a little longer than that, the neighbor put up a second level of the fence. So we see the fence going up, the second level, 
like story, the second story of the fence. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe they're putting in a new one. So like that's going behind it. Nope. Keeping the same shitty fence and adding a second story. So we're like, that's weird. Okay. So we made a joke like they must not, you know, care to see us or whatever. But we can't see into their yard, you know, except from like our second floor. Anyway. So one day this past summer, Mac told me, he's like, you know, the neighbor behind us yelled at me for playing ball in our backyard. And I was like, he did? And he's like, yeah. He yelled at me. He's like, don't play ball back there. My dogs get upset. Now, again, there's two stories of fence. So, like, I'm sorry that you have very sensitive dogs, I guess. But (laughs) I was like, well, don't worry about him, Mac. It's our yard. Play ball wherever you want. You know what I mean? And we kind of moved on from it. I, you know, I thought maybe he was being dramatic. I didn't really take it that seriously. And then a couple of weeks ago, I'm sitting out back, minding my own business on my porch, and the neighbor comes out. Now, I can't see him. All I can hear is him through the fence. And he starts going on a little bit of a tirade. It starts out what I think is friendly and then escalates. He's like, so I don't know how to tell you this, but you don't have blinds on your kitchen windows. And part of the reason we love this house is our like breakfast room, I guess you would call it, is four like almost floor to ceiling beautiful windows that lets in so much light. Ah, natural daylight is a beautiful thing. It's gorgeous. And there's a slider like it's just it's all windows the back of our house. But again, all it looks into is our kitchen like it's there's nothing exciting happening there. Nope. So anyway, he continues on. I can see you eating dinner. Cool. You know, sorry if that bothers you. And he's like getting angrier and angrier. So I let it go. I'm not one for conflict. I go back inside. A couple weeks later, I am um, out. I take the dog outside just to pee. She had already gone out for her long walk in the morning. And now I'm going up to showers, going into work a little late. Chris was still in bed. So I put the dog on her leash and take her into the backyard because I'm going upstairs. And I just want to make sure, you know, if she needs to tinkle, she can. And his dogs are in his backyard behind two-story fence. And they start barking, I guess, when they realize my dog is outside. Anyway, the man starts yelling. First, he's yelling at me, clearly, but like talking to the dogs. He's like, you guys are good dogs. Those people are assholes. Bring your dog somewhere else. Bring your dog somewhere else. It's not your yard. But it is actually my yard. So I don't know what's going on. Anyway, I am not responding at all. Not even a little bit. I'm actually pretending I'm not there. Because I'm behind the two-story fence. So there is no remark. I hear Chris get up. And I'm like, he must even hear this crazy person yelling. Because he is now screaming his head off at me. Mm -hmm. And I can see into your kitchen. I tell Chris about it. He did not hear the yelling. I guess it was around 930. So he decided to get up anyway. Luckily, we do have a Nest Cam, though. So he was able to watch the playback. Mm -hmm. Okay, honey. Present day. Your turn. So I don't know. Maybe a week ago, I'm out on our back patio. I'm enjoying a nice morning cup of coffee, delicious Newport cigarette, rocking the unicorn bathrobe. Horn up. Asshole is adding yet another addition to the fence. <laughs> Story number three. And so what was, what was it? 
the show with Tim Taylor. Was it Tool Tool yes, Time or yes. Tool Man or some shit like that? And then there was the creepy neighbor Wilson, who like just used to pop his eyes over just the fence, so all you could see was his eyes. So, anyways, Dickhead is up on the fence, and he pops his eyes over, and he's like, "Hey, just so you know, I can see into your house." And I was like, "Just so you know, I don't give a fuck." Yeah. Like, there's nothing to see here. It's our kitchen. And again, like, I have known about, you know, him yelling at Mac and then him yelling at Megan on several different occasions. And it's like 930 in the morning. I'm just rolling out of bed. I am in no mood for his shit. And funny enough, he's up to this point, and Chris spends a lot of time in the back, never raised his voice at Chris. Never even said hello to me, never said hi, nothing like that, which, believe it or not, I'm okay with. Yeah, and it also, to me, says, like, he's one of those people that only yells at women and children. Which is, like, brilliant move, bro. (laughs) Like, you, sir, are a hard man. He was asking me, do we know that he can see inside of our house? And I'm like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Like, it's beautiful sunlight in the mornings. We're not closing the blinds. Like, I don't care what you can see. And then he tells me that he's going to post the pictures of the house on YouTube so that people can come by and take our things. To which I replied, that's probably not a good idea because I have pictures of you buck naked running around in your backyard. He's like, you can't see inside my house. I was like, hey, idiot. I didn't say in your house. I said you, naked, in the backyard. Because Chris did see him buck naked in his backyard. Correct. I was up getting ready, like, I don't know. Shaving or something. Shaving my asshole with Megan's razor or something like that. I hate when you do that. That's a different story for a different day. Anyways, so I do. I have pictures of him naked, which we may put on the website. No, we won't. Why not? Because we're not going to his level. Oh, but but we are, darling. Okay. And then I was like, like, I'm not listening to your shit anymore. I have two things that I want to say, and then we can go about our day. I was like, one, your fence is too tall. And he was like, no, they sell them at Home Depot. They're eight feet wide. I was like, okay. So I don't know where you went to school, but I wasn't talking about how wide it was. Like the township says that a fence can be erected no higher than six feet. So that's one. Number two said, if you ever yell at my wife or my son like that ever again, I will come over there and light you up. And he's like, oh, is that a threat? I said, no, sir. That is a promise. Like, I am not fucking around with you. That is not acceptable in any fucking world. And he's like, oh, well, I have PTSD. I was in the army. Like, I got all kinds of mental problems. And I was like, yeah, bud, me too. Like, just because you went through some shit does not give you license to yell at my wife or my son. Like, that's unacceptable. And, like, he just, he couldn't get it through his thick fucking head. Yeah. And I was getting pissed. Yeah. So we do have that on Nescam, but I have since Hillary clinton the evidence, should the cops come and knock it. <laughs> I have scuttled the evidence, Megan. Uh... But anyways, so, you know, the whole, I mean, the Alec Baldwin, like, you know, you're an idiot, dude. Stop doing dumb shit. Own your shit. And the second thing is, like, I was really nice to this guy until he gave me the old, I have PTSD. 
which is, I mean, it's not fine. Like, I, I feel for your no, situation, it's awful. right? Yes. But the fact that you have PTSD or that you have been through some shit in your life does not give you license to be an asshole. No. So that started a conversation then between me and Chris. Chris and I. Chris and I. Thank you. Fuck you. So I think everyone has been through something, some more severe than others. Absolutely. Some do have serious mental issues. For sure. Absolutely. You know what the thing is, though? For you to sit there and say that and use it as an excuse, that means you acknowledge that it's a problem. Yep. And you still need to live in society with us. Exactly. So it's now your responsibility to get help, to do better, to try harder. There are resources out there. You're absolutely right. You know, like there are ways. We are two very damaged people. It does not give us a license to treat people poorly. And you know what? Some time ago we did, and it was incredibly wrong. I agree. But it is in no way an excuse. Absolutely. And I'm not standing here or sitting here preaching from my little soapbox or saying that I am better than because, trust me, it took me a long time to not only acknowledge that I had an issue, took me a long time to right the wrongs that I have committed. Do you and think? We've talked about this before. I mean, there's still some members of my family that won't talk to me because of some of the heinous shit that I've done, which is fine. But again, I do not or did not walk around like, oh, I grew up a, a rich white kid and my daddy lost his business and I no longer had access to the private plane. So now I'm going to be an asshole. I, no. I mean, that's kind of how you tell your story. I mean, it is, but... <laughs> I tell it much more eloquently. It's funny when you started off and y you talk about that. I'm like, maybe don't tell that part. This is coming from the woman who gave our Uber driver the other night our leftover lobster. He appreciated that. I thought that was nice. That was Megan paying it forward. I was like, <laughs> let's go find a homeless person and give it to them. And so Megan's like, here, Mr. Uber driver. Have our leftovers. I actually have no problems with that. In fact, I appreciate that because I think Mr. Uber driver, it said he's done 9,000 and some rides. Like, he's busting his fucking ass. Why shouldn't he get a lobster dinner? We've digressed. Okay, sorry. Anyway, the point is, one time I heard in a meeting, and this is, there's these perils that kind of stick with you, right? And sometimes they're from people you don't expect. Uh, but this is something that has stuck with me um, through my whole journey of sobriety. There was an old older man, and he had like 50 years or maybe even longer. And he was saying when he was about 20 years in to being sober, he was still like a real asshole, right? They talked about maybe he would start working with a sponsor. I don't remember. But he talked about how he was abused as a child, and that's why he was an asshole. And um, so this sponsor said, you know, have you ever seen your part in it? And he's like, it's not my, there's no part. I couldn't have played a part in it. I was a child. And the sponsor said to him, yes, that's true. It's never a child's fault that they're abused. But have you ever treated anyone abusively because of that? Mm. Have you ever been aggressive towards your wife uh, verbally even? 
mm-hmm. and have blamed that child abuse, it, even if it's just in your mind. He's like, well, I mean, yeah. And he's like, so that's your fault. Absolutely. And I think that is something that we talk about all the time. Everyone has a backstory. Everyone has something tragic that has happened to him, uh, to them. Like no one's life is untouched and maybe some are greater than others. If you perpetuate that behavior, if you treat someone else that way, um, that's no one else's fault but your own. Absolutely. And, you know, I think part of the issue in our society, when you look at all these different things going on on the news and things like that, is that people do not take responsibility for their actions. No, nobody does. And unfortunately, I think if you do own your shit, there's also or sometimes there is a heavier price to pay because you're actually admitting it instead of blaming somebody else. Yeah. And I think, you know, especially for us as addicts and alcoholics, we always blame someone else for a very long time. And yeah, we blamed them even in early sobriety. You know, I mean, if you think about how many meetings you sit in or whatever, and the newcomer is always like, oh, and then this happened to me because it's always what happened to me, you know, right. not what I made happen, what I did. Right. Um, and I think that's, you know, I think that's something that everyone can look at in their own life. I don't think that's unique to us. No, because again, everybody, if you are older than the age of probably three or four years old, has gone through some shit. And I think that it's also very freeing for me, at least when I realized the part I played in anything that had happened in my life, Mm -hmm. um, then I had the power to change it. I had the power to do better. I had the power to, you know, do more. And I think when we talk about the neighbor... I don't think he's a listener, maybe. But anyway, I have a I, I we've all come across some of those angry, miserable people in our lives. Mm-hmm. And I n- have gotten to a point in my life where I always say this, I pray for them. I feel sad for them because it must be so awful to go through your life that angry. And in this case, I am very grateful I'm not married to that man. Well, I mean, have you seen him up close? No. You have to blow up the picture of his naked bum for me, and then I can make a better decision. I mean, again, like, I'm 40 years old. My body is quickly falling apart, but my ass looks way better than that. Oh, it's good, honey. I'm happy for you. I'm just saying. Yep. And I actually, I, you know, after I decompressed and I thought about the situation, like, I did actually feel bad for him. Yeah, I say that all the time. I think that's... I, I don't know that actually I, maybe I do it selfishly because it gives me peace mm-hmm. in a sense. You know what I mean? But I do. I feel sincerely. I can think of a couple people in particular that I sincerely feel bad for because they are so miserable, so angry, so upset. And it must be so hard to live your life that way. And I, I think, you know, there's another way. And that's always what we're trying to say. Exactly. And and I get it. We are all at different places in our, you know, personal journey. lives, yeah. journey, careers, profession, marriage, whatever the case may be. But I, I just I feel like this is an ongoing social problem 
that nobody is owning their shit. I agree completely. And that, I mean, that bothers me immensely. And I'm going to be super frank with you. It probably would not have bothered me as much 10 years ago. Yeah. Because I do know that there's a different way. And like you were saying earlier, the fact that you are even mentioning that to the world, in this case, the gentleman saying that I have PTSD or that he has PTSD is like, okay, so you know that there's a problem. Right. But yet you're doing nothing to address it other than yell at my wife and my 10 year old son. Exactly. And we'd actually be happy to assist you in finding you services. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're those kind of people. Absolutely. Like, you know, I, I told him, like, I will come over there and help you erect, you know, your 35 foot fence if that's what you need in your petty little life. But like, you, you can't be yelling at my wife and my kid. Yeah, I'm sorry. I will absolutely give you the shirt off my back. If that guy was like, uh, you know, I need to go to treatment right now or something like that, I'd be like, all right, dude, pack a bag. Jump in the car. Let's go. Yeah. But again, you're, you're not doing yourself or anybody else any favors if you're just using your circumstances as an excuse to not do something about your circumstances, you know? Yeah, no, I agree with that completely. And it's just like I look at him and I feel bad because it's just such a shitty way to live. It is. That's like what there, I said. There truly is another way, but you have to address the issue. Um, and that, You know what's interesting? This just made me think of this. I am, I can be a total pushover as a mom, 100%. Are you kidding me? You tie the boy's shoes, you cut his meat. I know, I dote on him. If he called you right now, down here in the studio and he was like mom come wipe my ass you'd be like okay honey let okay. me let me stop production of the most famous podcast <laughs> in the history of the world well top 10 percent, and i'll come wipe your ass but you know what i do do with him whenever he gets in trouble at school like little things he's in fifth grade it's not like he's doing anything that bad you know what i mean but right. there's a fight on the schoolyard or someone this or that or they get football taken away whatever i Hold a very hard line with that and mm -hmm. I don't you think I say to him all the time he'll be like well so-and-so and I'm like I actually don't care yeah I don't, I don't care, care what so-and-so did what so-and-so did I don't care I know that you are in trouble and an adult there s said that you did something wrong that's it that's the end of the story yep there is no more there is no excuse there is no, I don't care what anyone else's role in the situation was. You are the only person that I care about. And an adult said you were wrong. You were wrong. Absolutely. And I mean, I do say to him, like, there's no double jeopardy. You're, you can't get, play football at school or whatever for a week. Like, I'm not grounding you at home, whatever. We'll have a conversation about it. You can be punished there, you know. But just know I have your back a hundred percent in all things but I don't give a shit what anyone else did do not place blame on anyone else own your part of it absolutely did you stop them from doing the bad thing right then you're in trouble too yep then you're a part of it well I just laughed at them well there you go you put yourself in the in, in the situation then yeah absolutely so and there are consequences. I, I don't give a shit what you think you did or didn't do. Again, somebody else, a teacher, a person in authority said you did blank. So you're going to own it. 
You're going to apologize. And you're going to accept your consequences graciously. That's what I say to him every single time. You are going to, I don't want to hear a whine, a complain, a talk back. You are going to respectfully accept your consequences. And then we're going to move on. Yeah, because who cares? Exactly. You know, fifth grade boys are going to make mistakes. It is what it is. So that's the, the saga of our neighbor. I know. That is what it is. More to come, I guess. Hopefully not. We'll throw a t-shirt over the fence. You know what we'll do? Yes. We'll we'll build a potato gun or something like that, and we'll load a t-shirt in there, and we'll just fire (laughs) numerous t-shirts into his yard. (laughs) That's what I was picturing. Like, Like you want to build a fence, asshole? I'll build a potato gun and I'll fire Actually, t-shirts. Actually, I don't into mind the yard. fence. It's super ugly, but like that's fine. Keep them farther away from me. Like I'd rather that fence. Yeah, no, I hear you. And you know what it reminds me of? Remember the Osbournes? Remember that show? Moving on. And they were like throwing the hams over the fence at the neighbor. Jesus Christ! Do you remember that? No. Say that's goodnight. That's where this is going to escalate to. Do we want to talk about Tootsie? Oh, yeah. We went to Baltimore and saw a play. It was called Tootsie. It was amazing. We had a great weekend. We did. We had hot, steamy hotel sex. Why is hotel sex better than regular sex? I don't know. Because you're not the one that has to wash the sheets after? Or do any of the work. Well, I, I mean, you still have to do the work. I, well, I don't know. I mean, the, it was beautiful. We had a waterfront room. <laughs> I didn't actually need you there at all. Yeah, God did the work. You should have just <laughs> rubbed one out so I could have napped. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway. Amazing. So things to look forward to. Again, we have some inappropriate So I Married an Alcoholic merchandise hitting inboxes near you. Yeah. I don't know. Multiple web locations. Yeah. Just just hit us up on the social medias. Send us a message. We will get you a shirt if you want one. Please continue to spread the good word about the show. Again, like our posts, share our posts, leave us a review on the iTunes, send us an email if you have any questions, comments, concerns. If you want to, you know, send us an email and tell me I'm an asshole for telling my neighbor I would light him up, you're more than welcome to. I am happy to have a constructive conversation about that. If you want to send us an email and say hello to the queen, you are also more than welcome to. We will post her picture also. I've already posted it, darling. Oh, you did? I waste no time. Ah, the queen has landed. The queen certainly has landed. So again, just keep an eye out on the the webpage, soimarriedanalcoholic.com. Keep an eye out on the social media for some updates and stuff coming up through the holiday season. We want to truly, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for listening to the show. We really appreciate your support. That being said... Say goodnight, darling. Good night. I'm Megan and I'm an alcoholic. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Cut off your pet's privates. And please, if you are struggling in any way or you need us to help build you a fence, put your hand up, reach out, ask for help. Yelling at women and small children is not the answer. So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com.